Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Again, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you take the time to let uh, Miss Stephanie and I come across your earwaves to uh, talk to you, to have this little devotional time together to, uh, for those of you with hurting hearts, hurting minds. We're all hurting, Stephanie. The whole world is hurting right now. You know, we're sitting back. We're uh, we're seeing the images coming out of Ukraine. We're seeing the gas prices. We're seeing the world upside down. But I just want to say that God is still in control and everything's going to be all right. And uh, Stephanie, the world seems upside down here and there. Now, what's your take on everything these days? Well, quite honestly, I don't I don't watch much of the news. Um, I know enough of what's going on to pray. Uh, but... Um, I love that the Lord said we're supposed to be simple concerning that which is evil and wise concerning that which is good, and there's enough evil inundating us um, that we have to make the choice to be simple about it. And um, so yeah. I think it's to to spend time interceding, seeking yeah. um, the Lord, um, than being in front of the TV watching the news because that is not going to do anything to encourage you. You know, I, I wholeheartedly support that image of not being in front of the TV or the whole purpose. That's a good place to be. And uh, people are asking me all the time, do I think this battle is going to bring forward World War Three, Armageddon, and biblical times, end times? Well, we know in the Bible that Ishmael is going to be involved with end times. We know that uh, uh, Ishmael and Isaac is people, so we know that somehow it's going to involve um you know, a Muslim faction somewhere in there. But, hey, listen, folks, you know what we need to do? We just need to keep on doing what we've always done, get saved, pray, uh, accept God's will for our life, and do what we can for the fellow man. Let's pray more than we've ever prayed. Let's do more that way than we've ever done. So I think that's where we need to be. And uh, But pretty excited to continue our way through the book of Proverbs to uh, look at what God has for us. We, we've been doing about three verses a clip lately, Stephanie, and I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, we're moving along. We know that our next project is dealing with narcissism, and we already got several on board who want to talk about that. But we're going to finish up this book of Proverbs. We're going to go ahead and finish up these last 16 chapters. We're on Proverbs 14. But before we do that, we have this segment. We used to have a segment, as many of you remember, you might be a knucklehead. If we turned it to the positive side, saying you might be right with God, and I'm going to go ahead and start off today with you might be right with God. I believe it's my turn. You might be right with God if you stay emotionally and physically pure. Let me explain. A lot of people understand that purity is a physical thing, that they shouldn't be, you know, having relations outside of marriage with anybody physically and things of that nature. And I applaud you for being like that. And some people have join the group of people who do that later on and that you're you're making God very happy and I'm very happy where you're saying, hey, I've done this in my life. It's not going to happen any again. I'm going to follow 
God with this uh, physical purity. But you know, Stephanie, what a lot of people don't think about is the emotional side of purity. And um, certainly the emotional side is there as well, where in your mind, um, you're fixated on somebody or something or whatever the case may be, some type of relationship. And, and um, I think God wants us to stay pure across the board until we have a time of courting and a time of relationship that brings honor and glory to God and we get married. So I just want to say to you today that being right with God includes both physical and emotional purity. And, um, and I also want to say that things we say or do with people with PTSD, people with hurting hearts, people who are in some way, I hate to use the word compromise, Stephanie, but it almost fits with us, you know, in some way have been emotionally compromised, relationship compromised. You know, we hurt a little bit deeper with PTSD. The, the cuts seem deeper. The, the words seem, uh, tougher, you know, the situations seem more worst case scenario, that hypervigilance we deal with, all that junk we go through seems a little bit deeper. So uh, things we can do to help folks and say to folks with PTSD is, hey, listen, let's let's just follow God's rules on these relationships and stuff. And when we meet somebody, let's say and help somebody stay emotionally and physically pure until God would have them become a couple or something like that. I think that would bring God great honor. And uh, what say you about what I just covered, Stephanie? I agree. Very, very important subject. Yeah. And, and again, we cover the tough subjects here. And, uh, but in one of the reasons we talk about that is, is because it's every man's burden. It's every lady's burden. It's something that, you know, we go through, we, we ache for, um, relationships of any kind, you know, and, and let's just make sure God's involved in those relationships we become a part of. So Stephanie, we've been cruising along here in the book of Proverbs in chapter 14, we're on verse 18 today, and this is a pretty simple verse, and, uh, but I, I look at this verse, and I, I keep on asking God, God, you have us going through this, and what's our benefit? What's our gain? And I think it's pretty easy here. It says the simple in verse number 18 of chapter 14, inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. So here we go again, Stephanie. We continue on here in chapter 14. We continue on with this idea of the contrast between wisdom and folly, and it's using it right out of the chute. So it's using the word simple here as a thing where we're not paying attention, we're not all in, uh, where, you know, maybe our head's a little bit in the sand with this, but we're going to, if we don't look into a whole matter, if we don't have a full understanding on something, it's easy for us to inherit this folly or to, uh, you know, to be messed up, to be doing things the wrong way. But then it goes on and talks about that prudent. And as you had mentioned, Stephanie, a few times, again, that wise move. And how do you look at this verse? How's this verse coming practically to you? Well, I, when, I think the word inherit is a big word um, in this verse because it says the simple inherit folly. And right. I think the idea of this is that the choices they make lead up to all they have left, that this is all they have left because of the life they've, that, that a simple person has chosen to live. Um, and we see the word simple. We see the word scorner. Um, a lot of times those words go together. But um, when I think, when I look at this verse, what I think of is, you know, um, you have two people in the same 
you know, church service. You have two people in the same Bible class. You have two people um, perhaps in college together. And one of them is zoned out. One of them is maybe there because they had to go. Um, one of them's there because um, everybody else was doing it and they didn't want to look like the oddball out. But their heart is not involved in learning what God has for them. That's what I view as a simple man. And then you have the one who is prudent, the one who applies themselves to knowledge, the one who is seeking the Lord and asking the Lord for direction and for help through each um, part of the service or the class or maybe even personal devotions, whatever the case is, and their heart is involved, their mind is engaged. And that person's inheritance is knowledge. That person's going to know God and know who God is to him in levels that the simple person can't even begin to comprehend. And, um, you know, we're all laying up an inheritance. Um, Proverbs, I love some of the verse in Proverbs and Psalms that talk about inheritance. Yeah. And we're all laying one up. Um, but the prudent man, because of his prudence, because he's choosing to walk with God, he's choosing to follow the principles of God's word. He is going to have inheritance that will never be taken away, an inheritance that is laid up in heaven ultimately um, because of the choices he's making now. The simple is going to have nothing to inherit. The simple here is, a, I think it's a simple fool, and they're going to inherit nothing but, in the end, a lot of shame over the time wasted, a lot of regret over foolishness um, versus, you know, making wise decisions. So, yeah, this this verse has a lot crowded into it. It does. And, and, and that's a good example because I've been on both sides of that. I've been the guy just wanting to get through my Bible studies, just wanting to get through life, just wanting to kind of have my head in the sand, kind of not wanting to dig in the details, not wanting to learn. But there's so much more, as Stephanie just said, if we can, if we can be prudent, if we can be wise, if we can dig in, if we can learn more, if we can study, boy, God can use that. And, uh, yeah. God can bring us where we're going with that. And I, and I believe that's a big issue that so many of us suffer from is, you know, especially when things aren't going exactly our way. It seems like we can sometimes, you know, either turn the switch off of paying a lot of attention or turn it down. And uh, I think this is one of those examples where if we're not careful, we turn it down or we turn it off and we do need to dig in. We do need to be prudent. We got to remember that prudent is wise. And, and then we get on to verse 19, kind of continuing on. It says the evil bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. So all of a sudden it's talking about, you know, it's, it's making this look like evil and good, or it's explaining to us that we're going to get to a place where an evil will bow before good. Evil never comes out at the end. Evil never works out at the end. It, it's, you know, it's just a, a, a empty promises. It's just, you know, one of those places it's just not going to work. And then the wicked at the gates of the righteous. So uh, ultimately, I think, you know, the wicked has to acknowledge righteous. It's going to, we know it's going to happen in heaven. And we, we see it happening here on earth. We, we see it happening with these wars and rumors of wars and all these different things, bad decisions that were made that get manifested. And, um, and, and so it's really clear that there's going to be a bow before the good 
And, uh, and we see that, don't we? We see the, we remember Joseph. I always go back to Joseph because Stephanie and I talk about this. I know she's reading a book by Brother Rasmussen right now about Joseph. He may have finished it since last week. I'm not sure, but we talked about that last week. And then the, the proud, you know, they bowed before Moses. And uh, uh, they, they bowed right there. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, in that second part of that verse, Stephanie talks about like this surrender. It's like a humble surrender that's going to come from those knuckleheads. And I mean, try to practically, how do we can practically look at verse number 19? Well, I think, um, I think God's trying to make a very clear point um, here of encouraging his people. Yeah stay faithful because um, this is just stated as a fact that the evil bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. It's just like it's stated as a fact. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe when we read verses like this that are facts, first of all, to examine ourselves, are we, you know, by God's grace as best we know, you know, with what the Lord's showing us and, um, but are we, would God qualify us? as good would he qualify us as righteous um and i know we are before him we're clothed in his righteousness but in our lives in our testimonies in our walk and our talk those go together you know yeah. um who you are at home affects how god views you you know you become this other person um behind doors um and god not know that and so how does god qualify us does he qualify us as good and righteous in the sense of our of who we are okay yeah. and i don't being saved i'm talking about our, our lifestyle but maybe this is a verse that we need to take before the lord and say this is what you say lord and would you would you keep your this is just a fact you give us this fact this promise and would you keep it and to understand that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world yeah and um, we are fighting the evil one. We are engaged um, in spiritual warfare. Um, and this is something God is continuing to awaken um, me to is the level, the intensity of this. And so are we going before the Lord in the power of his might, um, putting on the whole armor of God and saying, okay, God, great, you're greater than this wicked, than this evil and would you make it bow? Would you make it bend? Would you break it? And um, seriously, getting before God, I think this is a verse that we can claim um, because, like I said, we have Jesus Christ. Yeah. And ultimately, he is the righteous one. And so we can come before him with this and seek his face and act accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and plug it into that, plug it into God, plug it into the righteous side. And I remember years ago, I stayed with a couple and, um, and boy, that, that, that lady, man, she was, she was rougher than a night in jail with her kids and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, you could hear the screaming out in the driveway and, and I've, it's been both sides. It's not just a woman, woman who does this. I don't want to make this sound gender, uh, you know, men and women are, messed up in this way equally. But I remember she'd be screaming and stuff. I'd knock on the door. She'd come in. Oh, brother Doug, it's so good to see you. Little Johnny, isn't it good to see, you know, and Billy, uh, go get your daddy. You know, It's like, whoa, you know, I was afraid, man. I thought I was walking into a mafiosa house or something. 
But I'll tell you, there's something to be said uh, of understanding that there comes a place where the wicked are, you know, are going to be at the gates of the righteous getting right. And, and just get right now. Just be with what Stephanie says. This is every person's, uh, you know, order. This is every person's precept. This is, this is the way we live. Uh, we live knowing uh, that the evil are going to bow before the good and the wicked are going to be there at the righteous. We just, we just need to be good. And, and then it, it goes and it, it talks about a, a status again here, this financial status almost, Stephanie, here in verse 20. It says, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich uh, hath many friends. And, and so here we go. It, it's talking about how many friends that somebody with a bunch of money may have to a poor person. But this is another one of those humbling illustrations, I think, of, of natural things. And uh, Jesus pointed out, you know, he, Jesus went to the poor. He deliberately went to the poor and tried to help their lot in life. We, we have this symbolism of, of the talents and different things like that and what people could do for God. And, and then talking about, uh, you know, a simple fact of life, I think, is the other part of this, that the rich having all these friends. And, and, and you know, many of them may not be that secure. Many of them are there just because people are rich. And, uh, but it's a fact of life we deal with here, Stephanie. And, I mean, looking at verse 20, what comes to your mind here? Well, I think we live in a world um, where money talks. Yeah. And sometimes that's a really good thing, okay? Um, we, we do live in this world where people, um, we don't live in some, you know, other dimension. And so money does talk. Uh, money talks to kids. Um, you know, it, it makes a difference. Either way, it talks to kids in a good way or bad way. You know, you can help it teach them Um wisdom with it or you can just do handouts and um create you know the welfare recipients so um you just money speaks okay that's just the world we live in but what's sad to me about this verse is um that this just states an obvious thing that we've all seen where the poor person the person who can't give anything back He's not the one that people congregate and want to hang out at his house and want to be his friend and want to yeah. get him. But the one who has the money, the one who maybe is rich in other friends, is rich in connections, is rich financially, um, that person, oh, everybody wants to say, oh, I know him, or yeah, we're buddies, we, you know, we went and played golf together, or whatever the case is. And this this verse that you know this is just stating i think a fact of where we live yeah but this verse ought not to be true of us as disciples of jesus christ because jesus had the exact opposite mentality he deliberately he, went to the poor yeah he went to the poor he he specifically sought them out he made them his friends on purpose yeah. and um that should be who we are. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have rich friends, but yeah. I'm just saying is, is our focus on hobnobbing with, with the people that are going to help us out, yeah. you know, connections, or is it to show the love of Christ, which very often will mean going to the poor. 
Yeah, and and I think understanding in the Old Testament, you know, the meaning of rich and poor, and remembering what what God said, Joseph was a prosperous man. He had no money, didn't even own his own body, was a slave, and and so I I like where Stephanie went with this because we all know people. We all know people when talking to finances and things of that nature. For some reason, we're almost attracted. You know, I have no rich friends, Stephanie. I need to work on that. You know, but anyway, I think that uh, exactly what Stephanie said. We don't we don't judge people by how much money they have or lack of money. Um, we know that Christ can take the poorest person and make them rich just by having a relationship with Him. And I really like the direction she went in, because we could literally sit here and name off. We wouldn't name names, but we could sit here and name off situations where people have went toward the rich, and and you know it's an empty bag. Uh, a lot of times people hang with those folks and, and it's, it's just a using relationship back and forth. Look what I'm doing for this, you know, uh, knucklehead over here. So I think that, listen, folks, I want to go to a song. I'm going to have Stephanie, uh, go ahead and, and, uh, you know, mute her phone. I'm going to play one of our songs. I think it's a good way to end today with our Joseph song. And, uh, we had mentioned that in here. So let me go ahead and pull that up for you. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and play that. And the name of this song is God Meant It For Good. So we're going to go ahead and play God Meant It For Good for you right now. Seven years dad worked so hard to marry mom From an evil uncle on a faraway farm after trials and distrust, their marriage would go on. My mother begged God for a son. In his time I was born. My brothers hated me and sold me on a whim. They called me dreamer. I had no value to them. I served my master wife but was then falsely accused into prison i was thrown my life full of abuse you meant it for evil but god meant it for good you tried to My dreams from heaven got me through, God's promises were sure. Though chains and darkness were my home, His joy was my true cure. To the needs of those around me, I turned to help instead. And God rewarded trust in Him. Out of prison, He led. My faith greatly rewarded. 
Folks, we, have you ha- we hope you have a wonderful day. Please listen to every word Brother Eric has to say. Know for sure you're going to heaven with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry. Visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.